Welcome to Public Health On Call, a new podcast from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Our focus is the novel coronavirus. I'm Josh Sharfstein, a faculty member at Johns Hopkins and also a former secretary of Maryland's Health Department. Our goal with this podcast is to bring evidence and experts to help you understand today's news about the novel coronavirus and what it means for tomorrow. If you have questions, you can email them to publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. That's publichealthquestion at jhu.edu for future podcast episodes. Today, I'm catching up with Howard Sklamberg, a lawyer at the firm of Arnold and Porter and former deputy commissioner of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. He's an expert in the drug supply chain, and we spoke about the threat that the novel coronavirus poses to access to medications for all patients. Let's listen. Howard, thanks so much for joining me. Um, could you start by explaining what your uh, most recent role at the U.S. Food and Drug Administration was? Sure. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, I was um, Deputy Commissioner for Global Regulatory Operations and Policy. Very long title, but basically I oversaw FDA's inspection function and its foreign offices and its um, regulation of the supply chain and some other things as well, like recalls and imports. So um, explain what the supply chain is. Well, uh, the supply chain, like it sounds, is all the components that make up a finished dosage form of a drug. Um, so the, the drug that you end up, um, that you end up taking or the, that you end up getting administered. And the drug supply chain in many ways is not different from the supply chain of, say, automobiles where you know the, the steel can produce, be produced in one country and then the transmission assembled in another, the engine assembled in a third country and then put together in a fourth. With drugs, the difference is all those components are coming from different countries, but it's much more heavily regulated um, than lots of other industries for good reason. And the, it's very important for, uh, for the folks farther along the supply chain, somebody making the finished drug, to be able to oversee the inputs to those drugs as well. So that's a challenge on a regular day, and now we have the coronavirus. People are worried that it may interrupt the supply chain. Can you explain what that worry is? Sure. So uh, basically, drugs are made of active pharmaceutical ingredients, which would be the part of the drug that cures or treats whatever the condition is, and excipients, which are the other part of the drug, so think of a tablet, the part that keeps the tablet together. Those parts can come from different countries, and you can't make a finished dosage form. You can't make your tablet or your injectable drug if you can't get the API, for example, that is the major ingredient in that drug. And a lot of the API for the United States comes from uh, China and from India as well and from lots of other countries. So when this all started, the COVID-19 pandemic, I guess it wasn't a pandemic then when it was just China, really. The question was, we're having drug production shut down in China, where a lot of the API for the United States is made. And how is that going to affect drug production downstream? If I'm making drugs in New Jersey or I'm making drugs in India, if my API is coming from China and I can't get it, there are not going to be any drugs. And fortunately, and and, and just for a second, if I could just interrupt for a second, Howard, we're not talking about just drugs for COVID. Oh, right? no. We're the talking whole... about all drugs, drugs for cancer. Drugs for cancer, drugs for diabetes, drugs for 
hypertension, drugs for everything. So the concern here is an interruption to the supply chain, really, for all the medications people are taking. Correct. Okay, sorry. So why don't you uh, continue then? Yeah, so so initially the thought was, uh, well, if China's going to shut down, that could shut down, uh, have a big effect and create shortages. Fortunately, there's a bit of redundancy built into the system. And what I mean is a lot of the drugs we rely, we rely on, as you know, Josh, have a lot of different, you say, generic versions of them, and they have different supply chains. So your risk is kind of spread, if you think of it that way. If you have a drug that is only the brand or maybe just one generic, there's obviously greater risk if that API facility went down. Um, what ended up what ended up happening, of course, as this became a pandemic, and and then it's obviously a, a in in a big way um, affecting Europe, for example, uh, not to mention the United States. Um, there are it's less sort of China focused now that people think about it and people think generally about vulnerabilities to the supply chain. And have there been? I mean, are we seeing that yet, or is this still in the realm of a theoretical risk at this point? FDA uh, monitors potential uh, drug shortages and shortages. It's identified some potential shortages. We've not seen for drugs yet a huge shortage problem. It's something I do worry about. Obviously, we have a lot of shortages in important medical devices for treating COVID-19, but the big shortage effect over the U.S. drug supply has not yet occurred, but again, it is something you know I worry about. The fact that China is doing better may be positive news in that regard. Yes. And there's, you know, the other issue as well is FDA is no longer inspecting, either domestically or overseas, uh, not conducting regular inspections, which can have an effect on the supply chain medium term, long term, and also raises some safety questions. For most drugs, innovator drugs, generic drugs, in order to get the drug approved, there has to be an inspection. And the inspection is an important part of the process. Particularly if you, if you want to think of, say, a complex cancer treatment that's hard to manufacture, FDA will go and during the review process of the application will inspect that particular facility. Well, those inspections aren't happening now. So those applications are probably being delayed, those for which inspection has not yet occurred. And, you know, that's, that's not by volume that much, but if you were the person who, is going, who has the cancer that was going to be treated by that therapy, that would have been approved, you know, in July, and it's going to be delayed. And obviously, it means a lot to you. And then there are kind of, you know, the broader safety questions of the normal inspections not occurring. I mean, also, I guess, if there are new facilities coming online to sort of diversify the supply chain, that may be harder to bring them online if there their limitations to inspections. Yeah, I mean... Basically, anytime you change the way you make a drug in a big way, so you change the facility that you're using for the API, you have to get approval from FDA, and FDA will often inspect the new facility. Now, if FDA, if there's a track record with that particular facility or that you know particular drug, FDA can waive inspection, and it does that selectively, but it's not going to do that for something new or novel or a brand new facility. So we're both looking at the supply chain, you know, as it is, stories of shortages, and really keeping an eye on whether FDA can do inspections or figure out some other way to assure the quality of facilities and the manufacturing process so that 
um, new types of drugs and other factories to make drugs could come online. Right. I know that there are people who've said we're too dependent on the supply chain from China and that we should move drug manufacturing to the United States. Now, if we're on a shutdown order or we have a pandemic, there's no guarantee that we'll be able to, to do everything through the United States. But I just wonder what you think of that um, and what this coronavirus pandemic says to you about changes that may be needed over time in the supply chain. I think that uh, FDA and some in Congress have been focused on this, and indeed, even before the supply, even before the the COVID nineteen pandemic. And there are a couple of things that FDA is thinking about doing about this to make the supply chains shorter and more domestic. One is manufacturing technologies like continuous manufacturing, which are less labor intensive, and some would say less requiring of human supervision to prevent error. And less labor-intensive, it means it can probably be done domestically easier. The, the reason you can't just snap your fingers and bring a supply chain from Asia to the U.S. is it went to Asia in the first place because of cost factors. And the cost factors matter a lot for generic drugs that have low profit margins. So if you're going to bring it back to the U.S., you have to make up for that somehow, whether it's more efficiency or whether it's tax credits or something else, and it's a process that would take time. Got it. So it's not an easy fix, and uh, but it might certainly make sense for some some more capacity here. You think? That's right. Okay. Well, um, we're going to have to keep an eye on this. This sounds like it's an important issue, not not front page news at the moment, but uh, something to watch. I really appreciate your joining me this morning, Howard. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Public Health on Call, a new podcast from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Please send questions to be covered in future podcasts to publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. This podcast is produced by Josh Sharfstein, Lindsay Smith-Rogers, and Lamare Morales. Audio production by Niall Owen-McCusker and Spencer Greer, with support from Chip Hickey. Distribution by Nick Moran. Thank you for listening.